Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw. Jaw. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night I'm your host, Bozzers. How's it going? Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. Hiya, Bab. How's it going? Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. How are you doing? The prodigal Bab returns. I am so sorry that I wasn't around last week. I really wanted to make sure that every single week you got a good podcast. And to be honest, I was right on the precipice of, you know, giving you something really, really good. And then I did the inevitable when you're an idiot, actually. I deleted a really important audio file that formed a really big chunk of what the podcast would be. And honestly, I just had a big cry and thought, I can't do this this week. It's just too much. You know, when you've just got so much on and your mind is just all fucked up or busy or whatever, I think it's really important sometimes to just recognise your limits and also just be aware, like, you know, you guys come, you hang out, you listen to the podcast, you maybe do my wrestling quiz, we have a good time, you listen to my interviews. You're not going to be sitting there thinking, that's it, that fucking bozzers has really let me down and I hate her guts now. Like, let's be realistic, it's a podcast about wrestling and it, you know, I've got to just take things as they really are instead of feeling like the world's biggest failure. So I hope you can you know forgive me that I wasn't around last week but I'm back now and I'm bringing you that episode that I really wanted you to hear it's two interviews this week no Tuesday night jaw uh big pop master sorry about that um two interviews one is with Lucy Cave from Progress Wrestling now Lucy Cave took over a senior role at Progress following the Speaking Out movement. And she has been, I think this is probably fair to say, the driving force behind Progress's new approach to how they're going to be doing business. So all of the procedures and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I'd get Lucy on and chat to her about how those documents came to be. You know, how did she develop them when there's no one to look to for guidance? Um, Where she found the inspiration and where she got support from, what Progress's plans are for the future and what they're doing now. You know, she's joined the team as a full-time member of staff and there's no live shows. And I just wanted to find out, you know, what she's up to. So that's the first interview that I've got for you today. That's coming up next, but please stick around because after that, I've got a chat with Kevin Blackwood. A little bit more about him after this, but long story short, he's a fucking badass that came back from serious injury and has just made his AEW debut. So stick around for that. I'll explain a little bit more after the interview with Luce, but let's get into it. Tuesday night door. Lucy Cave, welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Wicked. How's things at Progress? How are things going? Yeah, it's going really well. Like, obviously, with COVID, it's very quiet at the minute, but uh, working on stuff, um, just making sure everything's going really well. What stuff? 
can you give us any insight into Hello. that? Yeah, we've obviously we've released like um, our uh, regulations and um, our processes and procedures and stuff. Um, and now it's just sort of taking a deeper dive into it, making sure that everything we've put into our manifesto is actually being into place. So we're like vetting talent, staff, stuff like that, even though no shows are running, it's uh, best to get ahead of that now because there's obviously quite a lot of people to go through. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a big roster now. So tell me about your involvement at Progress because John Briley sort of stepped away from the brand for a while. How's he doing, by the way? Have you spoken to him? John is doing really well. He's resting up really well. Um, Obviously, me and James were brought in... um, to give John a hand to during this trying time and uh yeah like his health is the most important thing for us right now but yeah he's doing really well good good now it's just you and James is that right because at first it was that there was you know a team of four on board to help with progress and then uh, and now I understand it's just you guys is that right yeah so um it's me and James at the moment I'm sort of doing I've got like the head of communications role so I'm dealing with like uh safeguarding uh writing up all the processes and procedures and uh James is dealing with sort of like a, a managerial role so looking at like um like venues like booking dates for the future stuff like that yeah website and all that kind of stuff yeah so you were brought in you were brought on board for when the speaking out movement happened that's right isn't it but your involvement with progress precedes that doesn't it some people might not know that tell me a little bit about that um so like my sort of transition from being a fan to going like into a backstage role was doing social media um actually on uh, my facebook memories like last year it was saying like i was doing the social media for the pre-show at alexandra palace and i think moving to now this time last year if someone would have said to me like oh you'll be in this position in progress i'll be like yeah you're lying like that's not (laughs) the case um but yeah like my sort of row in social media people knew what i was doing when I wasn't at wrestling so like when I was working in museums and stuff um, one of my key things was making sure uh, working in the museum it was accessible for everyone and um, yeah that's how I sort of sort of everyone knows me for the roles I did in museums and then obviously when this all came about people knew I'd be perfect for that role because I've got yeah. experience because you're also a carer aren't you so you like putting other people yeah. first is sort of like a thing for you yeah yeah like literally it's it's as normal as waking up in the morning for me like um and it's something that I'm really really passionate about just making sure that whatever environment we're in it's accessible for everyone like yeah. I think it sort of took people aback really by progresses I mean I won't talk about the initial reaction to speaking out because I know that a lot of work's been done since then. But I think it surprised people that you had like a, you had a relatively short bit of downtime and then you came back with a really sizable body of documents in terms of, you know, even things like telling people what your code of conduct was for res- for uh, referees and stuff. I don't think people quite knew that you were going to come in swinging with all of that. And I think it surprised quite a lot of people, didn't it? Yeah, like, um, I think that was, like, just having those in place is going to shake up an industry that's never sort of had those in place before. Um, Like, even just things like in the manifesto, one of the big things that kept popping up was we don't want to instigate feuds over, over social media because at the end of the day, it's not it's not our social media to be telling people what to post like that's the uh, the talent's own brand and we want to essentially keep the keep the story in the ring and everyone was like well what does that mean like it was uh, like a bit confusing for some people Mm -hmm. um but even something as simple as making sure that the talent have their own sort of their own brand and their own promotional site that's not being used by uh by us yeah it was like a massive thing for people um 
don't get me wrong like obviously we came we came in guns blazing but there was not much to sort of go by um with like processes and procedures like obviously it's quite known that wrestling uh was is very unregulated there's not much to look at sort of like um example wise and like that and we I really had to start from the bottom up Mm. now it seems like quite a big responsibility because I think now I don't know if you've experienced this as a promotion but it seems to me like people are looking at what progress are doing and because you know you are such a big independent promotion in the UK arguably the biggest um people are looking up to you like the leaders in this and that must be quite a lot of quite a lot of pressure on you guys when you haven't got anyone else to to set the bar having to set a bar from scratch that must be really difficult how did you approach that so where did you even start with building this resource i think one of the key things was for progress um was to make sure that the industry is safe before we even think of looking at our own promotion and it it's about setting sort of the what might seem to some in the industry as like a big ask um but some of the things that we have noted in our processes procedures like safeguarding procedures and stuff is like basic law in the UK like it's our responsibility as UK humans to um if we hear anything that's a bit concerning or like if you're in your house and you hear your next door neighbors like screaming you call someone to say like we think they're in distress and that's sort of like the like a basic law here and it was just about making sure that we can incorporate that into this very niche but wonderful industry um that has had such systematic abuse like stemming in it um and yeah like with the sort of processes and procedures it did have to start from the ground up we like I know I've had many calls with like Ancraft Trust Sports England uh, just to make sure that the regulation there and the processes that we put out are the best that the industry can have Mm. I guess it's good that you're not because you work for progress now but I've known you for quite a while now from different yeah. promotions around the UK I think we met for the first time at a progress show as fans I yeah. think I might have been doing merch actually um and then I've seen you quite a lot my local promotions you know up here in the Midlands and you know I don't see you as being like a progress girl I see you as being like just a wrestling person do you know what I mean and I guess that's helpful when you're not so entrenched in all things progress I'm not saying that anybody that would be so entrenched with progress wouldn't be able to do it but I think that's probably why it's good that John got people in from an outside perspective to approach this if you're going to be doing it with not just progress in mind yeah no I completely agree like I've always said that I've got no loyalties anywhere like I love wrestling like I will uh, watch some obscure promotion in um, like bumfuck nowhere. Like <laughs> if if they put in on good wrestling, then I will watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was such a key thing, and I think that's going to be key for a lot of people as well um, when they're putting people in positions in their company to make sure that they just have an interest in the industry and not for a specific company or a specific talent or something like that you could just be too loyal can't you it, you know mm-hmm. you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes and if there's something that we have learned from the way that wrestling has been um it's that, that it's something's not working so we've got to check something's got to be changed right from the inside yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> Now, when you were building those documents, you said about speaking to Sports England, Sport England even, um, the Ancraft Trust and stuff. Did you learn anything during that process that really caused you concern when you were like, hang on, this is a bigger problem than I even thought? I think one of the biggest things was that this is not just specific to wrestling. Um, Obviously, it is quite well known that wrestling isn't regulated. 
like there's no one like so there's no regulations at the wrestling schools or anything like that and um through Ancraft Trust I discovered the martial arts code and they were essentially developed because uh like combat sports like karate and stuff like that they were in the same situation that wrestling was in like five years five years ago where anyone could open up a school um there was no regulation anyone could be a teacher and yeah that's sort of where where it was just like okay like as horrible as it sounds like it's not just us but then it's such a bigger problem that is not like when you're going through it it feels like oh it's specific to the industry that you're in but it's not it's it's happening in gymnastics it's happening like it's happening literally everywhere like I saw the other day like um there was like a me too movement going through um like with like lawyers and stuff like in a specific company in the states and it's just like it's happening everywhere and it's horrific to think but the only way it's gonna we're gonna stop it from happening again is just to make sure everyone's on the same page Mm. and is protecting everyone out there it must be really challenging when it feels like a world problem and not just a UK problem and not just a wrestling problem, but an everywhere problem. I guess all we can do really is like our own little microcosms of societies and communities and stuff is just work on our people and yeah. our, and and hope that, you know, and hope that other communities do the same. Because if you think about it being like an everyone issue, you just, you just, wouldn't be able to sleep ever again would you you know what I mean if you think about what that really means that's that's almost too much to deal with so are you guys confident with the documents that you've put out there is it is it a work in in progress or uh, work in progress haha um is it a you know are they working documents have you found so far since you've put them out into the world that there's been anything you've had to go back and change retrospectively what how are you feeling about those documents that you put out there the, the documents will always be a working document because obviously, obviously like laws always change things that have been brought in from the government like we're always watching sort of like things that are happening in like legislation and stuff like that um so far like with the documents there's nothing that's been really sort of like being a big issue um but obviously we've still got to run shows um, just to make sure they fit into place there. One of the really good things with everything that Progress has put forward, like the talent and the staff that we've spoken to, um, it's not been a big ask for people. Like they've seen it and been like, like we fully appreciate what you're doing. Like obviously it's a, it's a big task, but the fact that you're taking it on is just incredible. We support you. And um, yeah, like everyone's been on it and everyone's been super helpful. And obviously they realise as well that this is quite new. So there's going to be like, I send out the wrong document to someone. Like if someone's a talent, I accidentally send them like the referee code of conduct, like something like that. Um, But yeah, everyone's been like super, super amazing. Because honestly... When you first put those documents out there into the world, before I'd even had chance to read them, I was just looking through social media about what the reaction would be because we're in a bit of a situation, and rightly so, where the industry has to be really heavily criticised. And I think that people are picking up on every tiny, you know, nitpicking on every tiny bit of detail. And honestly, I'm about that because that's what it needs, constant scrutiny and in-depth scrutiny and stuff. So I was like amazed to see how people reacted to it because it seemed like people were like okay I didn't think you were going to be able to provide anything but actually you've turned it out but I guess there's a big piece of work involved in putting that into practice now isn't there rather than just words uh, yeah I think like you said like the criticism of the industry is completely understandable like anyone that um has like the critiques is it's all for the right reason and these critiques are going to come in now at such a pivotal time when we need them to develop even further um and to make sure the industry is even safer for everyone um but yeah the the reaction was was incredible um obviously like i'd spent like six days a week 
10 to 12 hour days just researching and stuff like that to make sure this was up to the best standard and um and yeah the reaction that we got like obviously it's still like we've still got put on shows yet so once that happens and we know that it's working but so far so good and I just really hope that the documents did put a little bit of faith back into people obviously there's still going to be a bit of hesitation um but I just want people to know that there are people behind the scenes that really want to see this safe again and really want to make sure that it works have you guys had to sort of I don't know how it's working in terms of is it going to be that the safeguarding stuff is about when you start shows up again or have you had to work retrospectively on things so have people come to you with things that happened before you were involved with progress that you're now having to investigate yeah like um obviously to have such a systematic um set of circumstances in the industry like there's obviously going to be situations that we have to look at uh, we have to investigate um and yeah like what whatever's happened in the past like some companies I know they'll probably be like oh it's happened in the past but we we don't care like if something has happened we need to know and we want to be there to help the people like to direct them in the sort of right ways to make sure that they're going to the right people to the right charities that can help them um because one of the key things I've noticed that a lot of people will come forward and they'll say it's probably nothing but and it's kind of like you say it's nothing but if it's affecting you then it's something and we want to know we want to know that and we want to know if there's anything that we can do to help like a lot of people that have come forward have just even said like we just want to let you know that this has happened because they know that we want to make sure it's safer for everyone and that we can learn from their experiences Mm. and and yeah like it's some of the cases have been horrific um like there's been I won't lie there's been very some tearful nights with some of the stuff that like I've received and had to investigate but at the same time it's nothing compared to what people have gone through and talking about people sharing what they've gone through um I had Alex Davis Jones from the all-party parliamentary group on the podcast uh the week before last and they announced then that they were going to be putting together this um what do you call it investigate not an investigation I can't... inquiry inquiry well done <laughs> and inqu- you're the journalist not me putting together an inquiry into um british wrestling what do you think about it i think it's like literally it's what's needed like if we can get everyone's stories like past and present uh, about what people have gone through and um they can sort of have a base of where we can go going forward um that would be like perfect i think one of the key things for us at progress like we've said this on our manifesto that we welcome an independent body um obviously i know like the apg have said they're just inquiring stuff at the moment but if that's what their findings come up with then we'll obviously welcome it with open arms um, but yeah, I think it's definitely what's needed and the inquiry will be such a sort of um, like what the industry will need going forward just so we know what to look at. Is Progress going to be giving evidence in that inquiry? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just as like, I think as individuals as well as a company of everything that we've sort of gone through over the last couple of months, um yeah we're definitely going to be uh putting stuff in good good to know and how do you feel about the industry at large about their the about what they've done i say they it's just a big a big imaginary they isn't it about what the industry has done since speaking out as in outside of progress do you feel like the work's been done elsewhere are you happy with how that's all coming along I think it's still like I know 
like we're sort of months out of speaking out but it's still early days for a lot of people um there's been a lot we've been in touch with a lot of companies like when we did our manifesto like one of the key things that we wanted to do was uh give our dates out to people and a lot of people were like right what's the catch and it's just kind of like no we don't want to want to clash um especially with like smaller promotions and stuff um we don't want people to be missing out on two shows and stuff like that and um and just opening up that line of conversation you start speaking to companies that are that were where I was like at the beginning of speaking out where it's just like I don't know where to start there's no nowhere to turn or anything like that yeah and just knowing my experiences that I can pass on to people and help help them get in the right direction to make sure that their safeguarding is up to standard as well mm. that is that's been the key thing I think obviously there's a lot of companies that um have released their like safeguarding policies and stuff like that and it's been brilliant um but it's like I said it's once once shows are running again it's they've got to put them plans into place to make sure everyone is safe have you guys been open to other people using those codes codes of conduct so have you you know i know that you said you shared dates and stuff but are you happy for them to just go well if you want to just look at ours and rip that off then do <laughs> like how are you how open are you to that or how like well we've got copyright over this so don't copy us no like definitely <laughs> not like um like we because we were working with like Ancraft trust were incredible like while i was developing these policies um and so we're just essentially paying it forward like if there's people that approach us and they're like we need like can we adapt your policies it's like yeah a hundred percent like anything to make sure that this industry is safe like we know like that is the best that the industry can offer so if people are willing to adapt that then that's absolutely fine um I think people there is that fear of maybe they're just going to copy and paste but that's not that's not happen happens good because it's not always going to be relevant for everyone everyone's got a unique set of circumstances I think that's like quite the difficult thing about wrestling it's hard to explain to anyone because you could you could say wrestling to someone and they're like oh big daddy or you could say it to someone and they're like oh Hulk Hogan stuff and it's like well actually it's a lot more nuanced than that there's a lot more to it each individual promotion has got offers different things some are for families and for little kids and some are for like adults only and some are death matches and like you know it's really diverse like one of the like one of the sort of big things that i've noticed like speaking to other promotions like with the covid stuff at the moment obviously everyone's in different venues so like one one promotion might be like resurgence for example they they are in the um arts center and obviously progress are at the electric ballroom so we're a music venue and they're an arts venue so it's like two different playing fields um and yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that there's just so many different like avenues for that one key thing of wrestling yeah which even in itself makes it a whole new challenge with trying to like make sure that it's running as it should be because it's just so odd it's again it's not just the is it sport is it art but then within that it it starts branching off into different places so tell me about the future for progress then i want a scoop when are you hoping to be back on live shows (laughs) do you think fans might be able to be there what come on tell me something that went so we're hoping um for an end of december return Ooh. um we did send um we sent an email to like the club progress members just to know our plans and that what that is our aim um hopefully that can go forward depending on the government uh, um but yeah, our, our, that's our aim. So okay, so that'll be the unboxing show. Hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah. That is that is the plan. Okay, you get a free mask, and you get a free mask, and you get a free mask. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay, wicked. That's really good to know. Um, so if people want to get hold of you, uh, from from the perspective of if there's someone listening that's had a, a sh- shitty experience at Progress and wants to make their voice heard um where can they find you 
Um, so obviously I'm on like social medias and stuff, but if there's anything um, like that you want to report or anything like that, just email me. My email's lucy at progresswrestling.com. Um, like I said, I am working full time now, um, so I am available to chat, even if it's just to uh, like people just want to air something that's been on their mind for a little while. Just there for there for support and to bring people into sort of other avenues that will help them out there. Um, yeah. And if people want to just say hi and they haven't got anything to report, but they just want to follow what's been going on, how can they get hold of you? On socials, what's your um, tags? And, um, so, if you want to catch up on uh, progress stuff, um, Twitter and Instagram is this is underscore progress. Um, I am on all social medias as loose from socials. Come say hello, and uh, yeah, like that's all the platforms. And James is just an international man of mystery. He's not a big social media yeah. guy, is he? He's definitely not like he always says like anything to do with social media. He's like, can Lucy like please Lucy <laughs> deal with it? He he said to me the other day he was like the only reason I go on social media is if there's a football shirt competition, <laughs> like and then he can enter it. That's that's the only time he uses social social media. So it'll be you on the progress socials if people want to get in touch. Yeah, yeah. Just come say hello. Um, we're obviously, there's obviously not much going on at the minute, but we're trying to still keep active. Um, and yeah, just to make sure that we are still still here. We want to keep people safe and we hope that they'll join us on that journey. Wicked loose. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, thanks so much for speaking to me, especially on such a hard subject. No, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Cheers, loose. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Tuesday night, Thank you so much to Lucy Cave for joining me on Tuesday night, Jaw. I've got so much respect for Luce. Not not in the context of her being a manager or whatever, at Progress, being in this pretty senior role there. That's obviously wicked, but from a personal perspective, as someone that's seen her repeatedly at British wrestling shows across the UK, I've always been met by friendly, welcoming, inclusive, and just a beautiful heart, really. So I'm really glad to see that she is doing stuff with progress and she's leading the way there in terms of making the brand more secure and a good place for fans i just can't imagine anyone better for the role so big up loose really glad that she could be on the podcast now in the spirit of journeys and creating something good from something bad i've asked Kevin Blackwood on today's podcast. Now, a lot of you guys may not have heard of him because he hasn't been particularly prominent on the British wrestling scene. If you've seen any Smash Wrestling over in Canada or if you've seen any of their stuff, I don't know if Progress actually, Progress might have some Smash Wrestling stuff on their network, right? Let me know. But yeah, so Kevin Blackwood is one of the Buffalo Brothers. He wrestled predominantly well you'll find out but predominantly in the east coast of america so he's from new york the buffalo brothers were driving home from a show one night and got into an awful car crash i mean there's no other way of saying it it was a potentially life-changing life-altering almost life-ending accident and he has brought himself back from this what must have been awful place where he suffered really serious injury and could maybe couldn't have stepped in a ring ever again to now making his AEW Dark debut. So we're gonna be chatting about that. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin Blackwood. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, Kevin Blackwood, welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for joining me. Congratulations on making your AEW debut. How's that been? Oh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it was a really good time. We ended up doing two tag team matches. Me and my one of my partners, Daniel Garcia, and it was it was a very positive experience. Very very positive environment. Good. So I, I want to get more into all of that stuff a little bit later but for now I want to ask when your love of wrestling began so how long has wrestling been part of your life and how did that come to be uh so I don't remember exactly when I got into it it's it's one of those things that like as far back as I can remember I've loved it um my dad got me into it at a very young age he's like a lifelong wrestling fan as well so uh, literally as, as far back as I know in my life, I've been watching wrestling. Awesome. And was it sort of WWE stuff that got you into it? Yeah, WWF and WCW, both. Yeah. I was big I was big in watching the, the Monday Night Wars when they were happening. Excellent. And at what point did you think, I, I could do this? Oh, uh, not until many, many years later, to be honest. So okay. I'm... Um, I'm 29 now. I didn't even consider it as an option until I was uh, 24, about okay. like five years ago. Why? Out of curiosity. Um, I, well, so the thing with me is I didn't know about independent wrestling until much later on. So I didn't know about guys like Brian Danielson and like Davey Richards, like like ROH guys and, yeah. and dudes that were making it big that were like my height and my frame and yeah. stuff like that. I thought you had to be like this massive jacked up wrestler to, to be a wrestler. So I just didn't even think it was a, like an option. And then did you, did you just happen upon some independent stuff? How did that come into your life? Because it's sort of a completely different thing. It's hard to explain to a, not, a non-wrestling fan, but... It's different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm being bombarded by dogs right now. One second. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't if you knew them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? That's okay, yeah. I was just wondering at what point independent wrestling came into your life. And because of that's so different from the stuff that we would normally see on TV. At what point did you see those guys? Um, To be honest, I didn't watching much of it until I found training. Until I like decided to like try and become a professional wrestler. Um, because it's one of those things like... You know, you get into, like, a music scene through, like, a more mainstream type of band. And then, like, all your friends have already been into it for a long time. And they know all these, like, like CD independent bands that, like, no one's ever heard of. And you want to be cool like them. So you start, like, trying to listen to those bands. 
uh, I did the same thing. Like all I knew was watching like WWE pay-per-views and like NXT. And so I was like, Oh God, I got to start watching like new Japan and ring of honor and, and like all these independent promotions. <laughs> like that's what happened for me to be honest. Yeah. That must've been really overwhelming because there's a lot to choose from and a lot of different kinds of wrestling. Right. Yeah. There's so much. I, I, one of the big ones that I got into when I started training was Lucha Underground because that was so, so different. And I was just like, it was like the style, the wrestling style itself was different, but also obviously the, the like filming and everything, like the style of the show was like, I was very blown away by like the, the theatrics of it it was it was very different very cool yeah it's super cinematic isn't it so you're sort of like half a wrestler and half an actor it's sort of like that crossover yeah and I feel like they really did that right like it it was just like the stories really translated well into the wrestling Mm. and so tell me where you were in your career so Actually, I should probably rewind a little bit. Tell me about your training. Where did you train and what were your aspirations at that point? I started training in, it was actually almost exactly five years ago, 2015 at, um, it was at the time like a brand new wrestling school in Buffalo called Grapplers Anonymous. Um, I think at the time... I didn't have, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to change location. Um, I didn't have major aspirations at first. I don't think, I think uh, I was just kind of dead set on just wrestling in general. Um, I thought like maybe I would wrestle some like local promotions and um, just like kind of, kind of near my home. Um, And then I don't remember what happened. Something happened where I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a living doing this. And I'm going to, I'm going to make like, like a very comfortable living doing, doing this. And I, um, ever since then, I've just kind of just really been pushing and chasing that. So. And how did that go? Cause I think it was, was it four years then from when you started training to when you had, and we'll talk about this in a bit, uh, a very, very serious life-altering accident. What were those four years like? Where were you wrestling? What were your main promotions? So, my very first match, the anniversary of it is coming up in a couple of days, actually. I, I always remember it. Um, I don't... I, the, the funny thing, I never remember how many days are in September. I just know that it's the last day of September is the anniversary. So, um, okay. Okay, yeah, then that's it. Um, it was uh, so. What happened? It was for the 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 big local promotion in Buffalo is Empire State Wrestling, um, and at the time, our school was pretty closely linked to the promotion. So my trainer got me my first match at. It was kind of like a like a fair show. Um, it was like under a tent in in a town in the middle of nowhere. It was raining. I came out to Gangrel's theme music as a rib. <laughs> um, and then I didn't really wrestle again until like a couple months later. And then I didn't wrestle again after that until a couple months later. It was very sporadic. Mm. Was that by choice? Out of curiosity, was that by choice? It just, I didn't know how to go about getting bookings. The only, and the only place I knew of that I could get bookings was this hometown promotion. Um, but then I, I started going to smash wrestling in Toronto, who's worked with, uh, progress a lot. I started riding with Andy Williams and eventually I started getting booked there. And I, a major part of how I progressed pretty quickly was, uh, the, the quality of wrestling at smash was so like the work rate was insane. Like the quality of it was just so high. And I had like literally to hang with the guys that were wrestling there. I had to get good fast. And, um, and I, it really, I don't know. It just had such a major effect. Just like working with the such, such like intelligent wrestling minds, such talented individuals. Like it really rubbed off on me a lot. 
And um, so for through 2017 and 2018, I did a lot of work with them. Um, and then because of that, I was able to start expanding. Uh, I worked in the, the Midwest a little bit, mostly a lot of like a lot of a lot more promotions in Canada started booking me because of my work in Smash. And then a lot of the um, American Northeast, I started expanding towards to like like Maine new hampshire or the or the new england area um but yeah so i've i've done a lot of driving with uh a group that that the guys that were involved in in the accident you mentioned like we we became like a very like tight-knit core group out of buffalo so where were you driving from on the night of that accident do you don't mind me talking to you about that do you no it's fine okay um, we were coming home from Montreal. Uh, we had a show there that night. Um, it kind of was like doomed from the start, like the way things played out. Like, um, we were going up in Puff's van, and then that died. So, like, I live, I live a little bit outside of Buffalo right now. So the way we usually do it, if we're driving a certain way, is I will meet up with them. Like they'll they'll get on the highway and I meet up with them like on the way there and then I hop in whatever vehicle we're taking. Um, so they were on their way to me and their van died, so they had to like get towed back to Buffalo, and then uh, I had to drive out there, meet up with them, get in a different van, uh, and then start and then uh, head out that way. And we were going we were going to be like super super late. So we literally hit up the promoter and asked if we could like change all of our matches. Cause we were in four separate matches and we were like, could we just change everything we're all doing and just, we'll just have a fatal four way just so we could put the whole match together on Planet, the way there, yeah. which is what we did. How long's the drive? It's about six hours. Okay. So you'd had your fatal four way match. It was as though that the the universe wasn't interested in you getting there at all, which is very bizarre. Um, but you, you got there, you had your fight or four away match, and you headed back. What 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 happened then? So, um, Daniel Garcia and I were asleep in the back seat. I think Puff was, I think he was like zonked out in the in the front passenger. And then Kevin Bennett is the one who was driving. Um, so we're like an hour outside of Buffalo at this point. It's, I think it's like six in the morning. And uh, the car hits black ice, spins out. Um, we slide into like uh, perpendicular with the end of a guardrail. So the guardrail pierces through the back seat where Daniel and I are sleeping um I stayed asleep during this whole portion of the ordeal so when we collided with the guardrail my I, I was asleep with my head against the window so my head smashed through the window which concussed me very badly because I don't remember literally any of this experience I'm literally I tell this story based on what I was told. Yeah. Um, so Daniel is either thrown from the vehicle or he crawled out of it. He doesn't, he's not entirely sure, but he ended up breaking his femur in the process. And then I think he had another, I think his left ankle broke. I broke um my right ankle my left tibia i think it was and um i had a crack in my skull from breaking through the window um so puff ended up i don't know how he did it because he's a large man but he like forced himself uh because his door was jammed shut he forced himself through the window to try and get out to try and like see if we were like okay uh he ended up calling an ambulance and his mom and like i think he called daniel's mom i know he called my mom um 
and yeah, I guess we spent a good amount of time. Uh, he says that I ma- I was making some crazy, like horrible sounds because I was just like, I'm obviously I was in like horrific pain. I'm very glad I don't remember it. Yeah, you must have been in such shock, all of you. What a horrible, horrible experience. And what was the process of rehabilitation for you like? Uh, so I, I kind of, I spent a good amount of time bedridden. I think I was like about a month. I just, all I could do was lay in bed because um, they were so worried about uh, like the crack in my skull it was like right at the base of it so I guess like there was like if it if, if the damage had been any lower I probably I like I could have been paralyzed basically so like I had like my neck was stiff my legs are both broken um, literally to move around the house it, like if at all to go to the bathroom and stuff I was like moving off on my butt to, to get to the bath initially I started looking in because I didn't do like official rehab like like through a like a doctor or anything or, or a therapist I, I did it I was able to do stuff at home but I looked up like exercises for like strengthening my legs um making sure my neck was okay doing like neck raises and all the all this stuff um I started walking probably sooner than I should have. I think I was like, I was on crutches and slowly weaning off the crutches by this. The accident was like very beginning of January. I think like mid to late February, I was, I was like lightly walking. Wow. That must've been really rough. Not obviously really rough on your body, but in your head, you know, it, it must've been so challenging to, to go from being so active and constantly traveling and doing stuff to then being stuck in bed that that must have been really rough on you yeah well it sucked because I was in I was like starting to get in like really good shape like I haven't always like looked like an athlete and I was starting to feel like I was getting there and then like right just like cut that short like you don't you don't work out you don't move around and travel anymore you just I, you just sit on the couch and watch wrestling all day. It's just, it's, so um, definitely I meant it was like mentally draining to just like it's January. I can't even go like sit outside. Yeah. Uh, literally all I can do is like my day was the same every day. I wake up, I come downstairs, I sit on the couch, I watch whatever, whatever it is I'm watching that day. So I mean I I loved a lot of wrestling. I got a lot of wrestling in, but it was it's very different when you're so used to a life of just like not being home at all to just like constantly being home. And and what was your frame of mind like in, like I imagine you were focused just on getting healthy, but what was your frame of mind like in terms of coming back to wrestling? Did you ever think this isn't going to happen or did you always work towards that goal of, of, of that comeback? No, I knew like one of the, one of the first things that I, one of the first conversations I remember having was uh, telling uh, Pepper Parks, he's the blade in AEW. Uh, he's like one of our trainers. And I, like one of the first things I remember saying to him was like how cool it was going to be for like the big return like I always planned that I knew like I knew I was going to go back to wrestling eventually when I was able to um so like I I I very very like almost immediately started like planning out like how I wanted to do that so I I I thought about it like there was never any doubt that I was coming back and and when was that comeback match um it ended up being july 12th of the of the same year so it was about about six months later i i prior to that to set it up because i had been in a feud at limitless wrestling in maine with um a new england guy christian casanova he's one of the he's like one of the most talented dudes that i've ever met very he's like very slick he's very good looking 
He's very good at wrestling. Um, he literally should be like, he literally should be a millionaire right now. But um, I knew that I, I knew I wanted my first match back to be at Limitless against him. So we, I did like a whole cool like surprise return uh, in like March or April where I, I wasn't wrestling yet, but it was just to like set up the big first match back. And uh, yeah, that turned out really cool. What was that like? Oh God. Like I had like, I had hit up a dude from a, a band called Bloodbather about like writing me new entrance music. So I had that all ready to go. Um, so it was like a, like he was a heel and he was like about to cheat while the ref was down. So, and as he's about to do it, my new music starts playing and nobody knows who it is or what's about to happen. And I came out and I just watched like the whole crowd, like slowly stand up. And I was like, I was like, so in the moment, it was like one of the most dramatic experiences, like in a good way that I've ever had. Yeah. And then, so like, uh, going forward to the match uh i was our match was first on the card that night and like i'm standing there like at the curtain like i'm getting all like hyped up like pepper's like patting me on the back like you got this i'm just like ready to go and like the crowd starts chanting black wood black wood and i was like this is so sick i would have cried yeah no literally like like i said like the show was in maine literally drove to Maine because they like needed to be there that night and like like my girlfriend lives in Los Angeles she flew out to like drive from Buffalo to Maine with me it was like such a such a cool night very lovely and and then I guess at what point Hugh and Daniel Garcia made it to AEW I imagine that was through you know your you know in the butcher and the blade and it was cool because i think you did you debut against them those guys yes and we didn't know like we didn't know what we would be doing like it like it's kind of like if you get the opportunity to do like like extra work for a company like that you don't know if you'll even be wrestling Mm -hmm. so we got there and like they didn't have the card written out yet for dark and we're like, oh, well, I guess we'll just wait and see. And then we're talking to, I don't, we're talking to somebody and like somebody else comes over and we're like, did you guys see the card? And we're like, no. And it's like, it's you, it's you two against Butcher and the Blade. And I'm like, oh my, like, this is like the ideal match. Yeah. So like, it literally couldn't have been better. Like Pepper still, like, uh, Pepper and Andy both say that it was like the most fun week that they had one of the most fun matches that they've had so far, I, I guess just, um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things like when you're wrestling your, your close friends like that, it's always a better experience. Yeah. Cause I imagine, you know, each other inside out at this point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like obviously there's chemistry there and like Daniel and I have like insane chemistry either as a tag team or as opponents. So like, um, getting to tag together, especially against Pepper and Andy, like, it, I I wouldn't have wanted to do anything else, honestly. Yeah, and your bond as a result of what you went through, that shared experience, as traumatic as it was, that, that must have really, like, bound you forever, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the four of us that were involved in the accident have been, I mean, we were already so close, but definitely... Like ever since then, it 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 definitely got a lot stronger in that sense. And then, like even um, like Pepper and Andy were with us like through every step of it. Like Andy was in Japan at the time of the accident, and his like immediate response, uh, him and his girlfriend, when they found out what happened, they like immediately started a GoFundMe that like caught like crazy traction because like Andy knows. Through through being in every time I die, Andy knows like literally everybody. Yeah, like, it's so crazy. Like every like everywhere we go, Andy like knows somebody. But like CM Punk like shared and donated to the GoFundMe, and like Chris Jericho donated to it. Uh, like all these all these like big name wrestlers uh, were like spreading it and 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 donating, and that went that that was like 
literally like CM Punk tweeting about it was like one of the coolest things that I've ever seen at the time. So I still mark out about that. Because <laughs> the wrestling community is, it, it's like, it's a b- bizarre place. I mean, me and you've got friends in common. That's how this whole hookup happened. It's like the, not hookup, that means a different thing in America, doesn't it? Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> this whole connection, but the, um, the, the wrestling community seems quite small and I guess when really serious things look like this happen, that's when you get to see it at its best, right? When people really pull together. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I've seen so many situations like like somebody getting injured on a show and stuff like that. Like, you never, you never think, like, it's going to be you that people are, like, gathering, like, coming together for. Um... But, like, when it is, it's so heartwarming. Like, like all day, like, the first day I was in the hospital, uh, um, I mean, the one that I, the first, I mean, the first day I was in the hospital, I don't remember. But the second day I was in the hospital, <laughs> um, all day I'm just, like, scrolling through, like, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And it's just all this, like, people sharing the link, people commenting on my stuff, like, just being so supportive and, and kind and, uh, uh like as much as much as the wrestling community can be very negative and toxic i like when it counts like everybody comes together and like the 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 things that matter are definitely focused on more than the negatives yeah and so what are your plans now for the future i know that you probably can't say any future ideas with AEW or any bookings or whether they're going to happen or not so i won't push you on that but i imagine that when you go through a trauma like you have that your outlook on life must change what are your hopes and aspirations now for the future and are you more driven than ever to achieve them yeah absolutely so i recently um I recently, I I gave kind of like notice to, uh, so I, for the past 10 years, I've been a tattoo artist as my day job. Um, and I don't know, it's probably like a combination of like a bunch of things uh, along with just the drive to just be a wrestler that I just like lost any like love and passion for tattooing. So I kind of gave my notice to my day job that I, that I'll be leaving at the end of next month that I've I feel like like just really diving in the deep end like that just putting like all your focus into one specific passion like that is like it kind of like forces you to to just like really give it your all and I'm like very excited about that like um so I like once that's out of the way all my time is going to be free to to pretty much to wrestling and like and like all the things that come with being a wrestler, like, like you're kind of like your own like business in a, in a sense. So like, I've got like my web, like my web store, putting up merch and prints and still like artwork, but um, definitely my aspirations are all in on wrestling right now. So any bookings that I can get, um, I know they're like limited with the, the COVID situation, but like really any, anything I can take in on independence and obviously like if AEW wants me back, I will absolutely be there in a heartbeat. But definitely I'm going a hundred percent on being a full time wrestler. Excellent man. I'm 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 rooting for you. Good luck. I really appreciate it's gonna be that. Br- you can't you can't lose. If you're going with a positive mental attitude, you can't lose. You can't lose. Exactly. Excellent. Kevin, thanks for joining me on Tuesday Night Jaw. It means a lot to me for you to take time out. I I really appreciate you having me. It's a very good conversation. No worries. Bye for now. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Kevin Blackwood, for taking the time out to chat to us on Tuesday Night Jaw. It's always a really difficult one speaking to someone all around the world, the other side of the world. So if, there, again, there were some glitches there in the you know, the way that it was presented, then I'm really sorry about that. But he had to keep running away from his dogs and that took him outside and that meant his internet signal was sketchy in part. So I hope it came across well, as enjoyable for you to listen to as it was for me to conduct. So thanks again to Kevin and good luck. I can't wait to see what's next for you. And I'm really hoping that it's more AEW stuff because who doesn't want to see people doing 
cool shit at AEW. I certainly do. Now, that's all I've got for you for this episode. I'm really sorry that we haven't had a big podcast out. I really wanted to do one, but you know how life can be sometimes. It's just... Everything's just been really busy and really nuts. And it's hard to take time out to come up with 10 innovative questions, but I promise you, I will. Also, if you've got any questions, any fun, big Potmaster style questions, let me know. You can always send me a text 07882 005803. That's plus 447882 Let me know some fun questions for Big Potmaster. The premise, if you don't know, is where we have a quiz related to big wrestling pops so big crowd reactions um we've had loads from new japan to you know wwe obviously past present future that doesn't make sense there's no future in it now then forever (laughs) if you've got any fun ideas for questions or themes maybe for certain episodes of big pop master let me know I'd love to hear from you. And I always would love to hear from you. So you can always send me a text. Let me know what you're watching at the moment, what you're enjoying. Let me know if you want me to cover something on Tuesday Night Draw that I'm not covering. Let me know if there's a promotion that you would like me to go behind the scenes at. I'll try and get hold of them. Have a chat to them about what they're up to and what their plans are for the future. And yeah, I'll catch you next week. All being well. Bye.